This episode was recorded in front of a live studio audience. Woo! Yeah! I'm so happy to be here. Dad, can I go now? Just a moment, darling. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 195, for the week of Wednesday, the 18th of November, 2015. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. And John. This episode is brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Hasbro Star Wars Black Toys R Us exclusive 6-inch Snowtrooper Officer, the Mego Pocket Heroes Batman, and the DC Collectibles Batwoman Bombshell Statue. Dad, why is the door locked? Hey guys, how are ya? Awesome. Awake. Awake. Okay, well, awesome Trump's awake. So, Ben, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. What's been happening? Um, uh, nothing e- exceptional. Um, I was very surprised to find some of the uh, new Star Wars Black uh, Episode 7 figures in some of my bricks and mortar stores uh, around town. Goodness. Um, and my excitement wore off quite quickly when I realised that uh, Captain Phasma was missing at every low car that I went to <laughs> and some places were only getting basically a, a single box. So there was four figures, one of each figure in the wave. Yeah. And the first place I went to I was quite excited because I found the three and picked them up and thought, oh, great, now I'm just missing Phasma. Oh, not a problem. I'll have a look around and started doing the rounds and kept coming across the other three and it seems that... I don't know. I think there's a scalper out there who's due for an ass kicking. Uh-oh. I, I don't know because she's not turning up here either. I, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, I mean, she's already going for big bucks on eBay and I just, you know. Want Do you to... know what the case assortment was? Well, I think with these particular figures and for quite some time, it's just been a, a, a box or a case of four figures and you get one of each in the wave. Oh, okay. So it's... Um, yeah, I was quite surprised. I wasn't planning to get episode seven figures. I wanted to see the movie first, but uh, I'm just starting to really dig some of these designs. And, you know, when you sort of see them in hand, you think, ah, oh, why not? I'll pick them up. But Phasma continues. And then to there's the whole me. number thing. Well, there's the number thing, which doesn't help. No. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, some of. Uh, I'm blown away by some of the displays that, that stores have got. Um, Big W, which is kind of like the, the Australian Walmart. Uh, I went into my local one and into the toy section and there was very little Episode 7 stuff on. I was quite disappointed and I was walking over to the media area and uh, right next to it is a massive, massive Episode 7 display of, of everything, you know, toys, clothes, everything, um, cups, the works. It was just huge. So. But anyway, the hunt continues. I've had to call on some of my uh, international brethren to, to keep an eye out for me. But yeah. other than that, my week has been good. Oh, good to hear. And John, what about your good self? Um, I had some sad thing happen this week. Uh, the 
first podcast I guessed was a guest on um, in 2012. They're they're going to close up shop at the end of the year. Huh. So, what thunder scoop fire? Oh, really? So, yeah, they're going to stop. Well, they're going to stop their podcast. I don't know what they're doing on their website side, but they're they're going to maybe retool. And Corey said he'd probably continue podcasting, but it would be a different format and stuff. So. Um, as it stands right now, the Underscoop Fire podcast will end at the end of the year. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of sad. How long have they been around? Well, that was early 2012. I think they started maybe the fall before that because I don't think I was listening from the beginning. So um, they're going to make it to about episode 150, which made me realize that, you know, 200 episodes coming up here. That's pretty impressive for a podcast, really. Especially yeah. to hit them consistently week after week. Yeah, well, all we ever decided at the beginning was, let's just try and do it weekly for as long as we can keep it up. Hmm. So, I guess so far we've been able to keep it up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of work. You know, it is, a, it is. And so, I think the only reason that we're still going is because, I mean, A, obviously we like each other and enjoy doing it, but also the the jobs in putting it together have become much more distributed mm. than they were when we started. Like, you know, so that the, the jobs that other people do, um, if, you know, if it was just one person doing it, I think yeah. at the end, you just go, oh, I can't do all this. Like, yeah. And you do yeah. get into your routine a little bit too. You, you have your sort of set days where you do certain things. And, you know, I tend to get on the computer really early on a Saturday morning to, to add news and, and that sort of thing. And you just get into the habit. Yeah. Oh well, good, good for them. You know, that's a, it's. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's got to be fun and enjoyable. And mm. you know, when it's if if you need to do something else to make it fun and enjoyable, you do something else. Well, I think I think the original hosts all had some you know real world issues and you know time issues and constraints yeah. and just everybody wasn't matching up like they used to. Yeah. I, th- I think that's one advantage that I've noticed on longer running podcasts is you have like we do multiple hosts that can yeah. you know take over the show as needed so oh for sure um, i think that that helps quite a bit too so for sure mm. yeah. what about you mr scotty how's your week going i had just a kind of um normal melbourne week uh actually i had a really fun day on wednesday because one of our new a new client from the northern territory came to spend a day with us and I got to take him out to one of our local um, clients who has just been a real success story mm-hmm. and um, show him around. And so it was just a really fun um, day and family's all good. And yeah, we're just kind of trucking along um, bit of a very kind of reflective, sad day here today because we've been watching the news of the terrible uh, terrorist attacks in in Paris and just um, shaking our heads. So um, a bit of a a somber, reflective mood around the place today and some kind of, you know, those discussions you got to have with your kids about why people Mm. do Mm. stuff and no real answers. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, one thing that does kind of help us through those things is kind of, focusing on good things and sticking to a routine. And so um, let's stick to routine and we will come back in a moment and do some articulated news. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favorite planeteers. 
There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire. And the daring Linka, with the power of wind. You can even use the Planeteer's eco-cycle. And your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet. Bring him to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. Well, Articulated News is our look at the week that was and uh, perhaps announcements about new items or industry news. It's not everything. It's just the things that have caught our eye. If you'd like to follow along with the things that we are talking about, if you'd like to have a look at them, the links to all of the items we're about to cover are in the post for this episode on the actionfigureblues.com website. So do go there if you want to follow along. And Ben, you have got our first news items. I do. Thank you very much, Scotty. And she made her debut at the San Diego Comic-Con this year. And I'm talking about the Sideshow Collectibles Red Sonja She-Devil with a Sword premium format statue. Um, That is the She-Devil with a Sword Red Sonja as opposed to the Red Sonja premium format (laughs) statue that we already have. Um, so this is the second one that Sideshow are doing. And uh, this one had universal praise. Um, everybody was very, very impressed with uh, all manner of parts of this statue. But um, despite the tiny chainmail bikini and, uh, you know, voluptuous figure, etc., the thing that seemed to get the most praise was the head sculpt. Um, that, that portrait is mm. an absolute stunner. Um, A lot of collectors out there are very nervous about whether the factories can actually come close to matching the prototype. And now that Sideshow have uh, decided to, you know, plaster all their pre-orders with um, prototypes shown so that, um, that, you know, that excuses them for not being able to match it up. Um, But she is is absolutely gorgeous and she's now up for pre-order at the Sideshow site and uh, other retailers as you prefer um a little bit pricey i was quite surprised she's 550 us dollars um, oh we talked about how uh, a lot of the premium format statues were now well over 400 dollars, and we'd seen the end of the 399 uh, but 550 was a bit more than i was expecting um you can pick up the exclusive from sideshow she comes with a swap out right hand and swaps out a sword for an axe um, for me personally, I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, I was really hoping that um, the prototype that we saw, she's holding a, a sword in each hand, which I think is pretty dumb. Um, there's a reason, you know, throughout history people don't fight with two swords. Um, I was hoping that the left arm or something would swap out to a shield or something like that. But um, anyway, not to be. Um, <coughs> she's actually out in the final quarter 2016 and... Uh, yeah, look, she's stunning. I'm I'm hovering on this one. I uh, during Sideshow's recent spooktacular, where they sent their daily email, where you could, um, well, amongst other things, win reward points. I picked up about thirty five dollars in reward points um, with that little deal, and I already had uh, about fifty five. So I've got about ninety dollars in reward points just sitting there. So I'm umming and ahhing over this one. But um, yes, mm. she's a bit of a stunner, I think. This really reminds me of the paperback covers from that series yes there was a series of paperback novels for red sonia and this really reminds me of that uh, i think it was royo art mm, mm. on that I, yes which she's sorry scott i i'm just look i understand the genre etc but the um highly detailed uh giant snake guts 
yeah. kind of do it, kill it for me. Yes, yes, it's uh, it's an interesting choice that one. Yeah, um, at that scale in particular, like it's you know it's like highly detailed, very large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guts. Yeah, look, it's um, it's sculpted by a guy named Will Harbottle, and the thing that's actually really got me is um, just some of the, the fine detail that he's um, he's incorporated. So, for example, with her chainmail bikini, there's a, a brass ring that joins the you know the two parts together on her hip, and if you look really carefully, the way she's turning, the the brass ring is just sort of slightly mm. um, you know in, indented into her flesh. Um, and that level of realism is is really quite impressive, and even some of sort of the the subtle veins in her arms, just to sort of give her that athletic look. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I'm be very worried about how this is actually going to come out. There's so much um, really detailed paint stuff there that you really want it to go to a very good factory. Hopefully, the price is what what's driving that. Yep. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, maybe it's a bit more expensive to accommodate for that. We'll see. I'm not really sure if there's uh, any mixed media going on with this one. She doesn't have sort of a cloak like the original statue does, but um, hey, you're not really getting it for that. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see what happens at the end of 2016. All right, moving on. And uh, Kota Bukia, who, to my knowledge, don't do a great deal of sort of blind box, blind bag kind of stuff, have announced a bit of an odd one, um, and they are doing some alien Big Chap minifigures. And for those people who don't know, Big Chap is the um, affectionate name given to the alien from the first movie. And uh, these are sort of little, when I say little, they're a couple of inches tall, um, they're kind of randomly packed figures it's um i don't know this is a really awkward one uh they're non-articulated minifigures very highly detailed in terms of sculpting and that there are six different poses of the big chap um <laughs> got some wacky stuff going on here it's kind of like the zen meditating there's the uh, the hanging uh there's the prone the squat the headstand they're all sort of very uh yoga ish and you can pick them up there's two random figures in a hmm. box, collect all six. Available in April 2016. Two in a box. That's a bit yeah. weird. I'd buy those if I saw. Yeah, no mention at of least a price, but at least a box. I'd get one. Yeah, I do like the Zen one. The the one sitting sort of cross-legged, the arms on the knees. It's kind of cool. I, I like the the one laying on its stomach with the leg <laughs> up, and that's my favorite one. Yeah, I, that's mine too. Yeah, I think mm. that's really kind of clever. It's, I mean, yeah. very oddball. Yeah, that is, it is. Mm. Anyway, um, moving on to the uh, the the bigger and the better, and holy crap, um, the, the Mezco guys are doing this one twelve collective thing, and we've seen Batman, uh, we've seen a mutant leader who is coming soon, and also Judge Dredd. Uh, and now they've announced that they are doing the Lawmaster. Now, we knew the Lawmaster was coming, but we're now actually getting that sort of um, that official release with all the details, and, wow, it's uh, it's huge, mm. huge. It's not just huge in terms of the actual size. I mean, this is a 1-12th scale um, vehicle, so for your 6-inch Judge Dredd, uh, it's, it's big, but, boy, does it come packed out. This thing has multiple uh, multiple sound effects, Multiple lights. Um, it has act- FX activated motor sounds. So it starts up, it revs, 
uh, wind out gear change, um, the computer on the dashboard lights up, so it has headlights, tail lights, a rear working spotlight, it actually has rubber slick tires, it has a storage pod for some handcuffs, the wheels do actually turn, so do the handlebars. Um, it's pretty darn impressive, I have to say. Well. I, I like this a lot. Um, this is uh, out in, I think it's March, April 2016, and will set you back about $125. US so, I'm actually uh, surprised at that. Like, I thought it would be more expensive. As um, did I. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, I mean, yeah, I think that's a I mean, very... The figure itself is not cheap. The actual Judge Dredd is, yeah. is getting right up there in price. Um, yeah. Justin and I have Judge Dredd on pre-order, so, um, yeah, I must find out how uh, how enthusiastic he is to deck him out with a lawmaster. But that's that's very accurate. I like it. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. So I think I might end up getting that one. Um, all right, moving on. And uh, there's a company called Damtoy who are known for making 1-6 scale figures. Um, they, uh, they've been around a little while now doing 1-6 scale and they take a bit of creative license. They often produce 12-inch figures that um, look, you know, it's, uh, conveniently like certain characters without actually naming them. So I've seen you know, Shetty and Wolverine and a few others. Um, but they now are actually doing a licensed series, and that is uh, Universal Soldier, that uh, phenomenal action film we all know and love. Uh, uh, and we are getting uh, Andrew Scott, who just happens to have a passing resemblance to a very young Dolph Lundgren, and also Luke Devereaux, who looks, um, well, in some shots he, he looks like Van Damme, and in others he doesn't. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a, a shot of Van Damme that, um, I mean, you know, Van Damme was young when this film was made. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not feeling the Van Damme one as much as the Lundgren. Is there a following out there for this film? Well, there must the, be because they've made about 26 of them. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, the Universal Soldier 2 and 3 and Return and, you uh, know, Redo and uh, uh, Around the World. and I must have missed that. Revenge of the Universal Soldier and are these the same? Soldier, The Force Awakens. and Are they the same body with just different heads? Or? Well, no, I imagine Damtoy has a number of bucks they can use because Lundgren's a big fellow. I think he's about six foot five, and I'd say Van Damme's a little fellow. Um, so I'd say he was on be on a smaller buck. But they're fully kitted out with um, movie-accurate stuff. They come with their fatigues and uh, assorted sort of futuristic body armour. They each have... Um, each come with their Desert Eagle pistols. One, I think Van Damme comes with his MP5. Lundgren comes with his M60. Um, they've got everything from their communication headsets, multiple hands, grenades, that sort of thing. So, yeah, they look yeah, pretty good. Yeah, their armor's kitted out a little different too, it looks like. Okay. Their, their yeah. actual outfit. Yeah. So, it's been a while since I saw that movie. Y- yeah, for sure. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, about 95. The first one. Oh, though. really? Even I've seen in that first one. Yeah, that's oh, okay. Well, it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, decided to end my a bit of news with uh, an oddity, and boy, is it an oddity. Um, we've talked quite a few times over the last several months about um, Bandai's movie realisation Star Wars figures. Um, this is the, the Darth Vader, Stormtrooper, Empress Royal Guard, and a few others that have been reimagined, um, you know, inspired by samurai uh, look and feel, and they are now looks like they're expanding that to include other 
uh, cinema people, characters, whatever. And Spider-Man is first up. So we have the Marvel Movie Realization Spider-Man figure. And uh, he has been samurai'd and... uh, No, uh, don't like it. I don't like it. I don't hate it. It's... I almost hate it. I... I didn't mind Vader. I thought the Stormtrooper looked particularly good. Um, I'm not feeling this one at all. You know, you know what it is for me, though? It, it looks very common Rider. Um, it, it, it's got that, that kind of feel to it to me. I mean, look, this, this should work. I mean, the way they've incorporated, um, you know, the, the web pattern... Uh, of his costume into the various sort of armor plates, like on his um, the greaves on his sort of shins and um, the pauldrons and that sort of thing on his shoulders, yeah, it really should work. Um, but I think that the head or the helmet in particular has is where it, for me it's been let down. It's, yeah, um, yeah, it's so different. It doesn't actually look anything like Spider Man. That's what I don't like about it is that the. I mean, I'm not really a huge fan of the concept. Um, mm. I do think. The Star Wars ones I could look at and see, uh, you know, something appealing about them, even though they weren't for me. But this, I think the, the, yeah, it's just too far. Yeah. I think that cracked me up about this, um, this bit of news was, uh, if you go down to the comments, there was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, an awesome comment from Dwayne Pinkney who said, who buys this shit? Almost 40 years and I'm still waiting on a classic Nicholas Hammond TV Spider-Man figure. But instead we get this stupid crap. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, there you are. Dwayne, uh, Dwayne likes to just, you know, get straight to the heart of the situation. No, no beating around the bush there. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think I like this better than I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Ever- that's, that's my news. Yeah, there you go. Well, John, John, I feel like you're not going to have a hard time um, chopping that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sideshow has put up for order. Because there's not enough of him, and you know who knows if he's in the new film. Maybe he is. Um, oh. Boba Fett uh, statue. This is. Do we know what scale this one is? Oh. This is their concept artist series. So this is actually a concept Boba Fett, um, all in white armor. Uh, got the little bit different funky helmet. Still kind of got the eye slit, but not quite the T slit yet for the helmet. Um, you can see how it evolved from this. Um, it's mm. obviously a Ralph McQuarrie design. Um, Should get the full solicitation next week. So yeah, yeah. It, it looks okay. I, I just I, don't get me wrong. I love Ralph McQuarrie stuff, but mm. I, I don't know that bringing it to to statue form, you know. Right. I, I guess I guess I'll I'll echo that sentiment. Who buys um, all of this? It's one fifth scale. <laughs> okay, thank you. So oh, this is the second in the the concept. Um, series line. So the Macquarie Stormtrooper is already up for pre-order and that that says one-fifth scale, so you would assume that Boba Fett's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I like the concept stuff. I just, I, you know, obviously not a big enough fan to... I guess if you're a Boba Fett fan, this might be a, a thing for you. Yeah. You have to be a mega Star Wars fan, especially, you know, spending the kind of coin that it's going to cost. Yeah, well, the Stormtrooper's 400, so mm. you have to assume this Well, this will be at least that much, if not more. Uh, it'll probably be more yeah. with the backpack and stuff, so. Um, quite. I'm just kind of flicking over to the Stormtrooper to compare, and 
Uh, it's 18 and a half inches tall, but with a very elaborate base, like quite a tall base, which actually, yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be more uh, inclined to think about these if they were a much smaller scale. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, but just because, yeah, but there you go. Again, I, I'm constantly blown away. You know, like I, I have a big display of the stuff that I um, enjoy, but I see pictures of people, you know, who are their premium format collectors and their display and how many of them they can display. It mm. blows me away. So there you go. Uh, there wouldn't definitely be room for something like this in my collection. But see, I, I would think, you know, because they've done a, a Boba Fett premium format, haven't they? Oh, surely. I would think. I, I would think you'd want to do these, you know, concept ones in like a smaller scale because you'd want to put them in between, mm. you know, instead of that that giant, you know, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you hadn't spent enough money on that already, um, <laughs> we've got a new motorcycle helmet. For, oh, it's not a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> <laughs> People over at um, it could Kenobos, be. <laughs> uh, they have became popular recently for doing licensed armor and helmets and things from Star Wars. And these are supposedly the most accurate ones you can get. They are doing a Kylo Ren uh, premiere helmet, which means this is, you know, probably as close as you can get to the real thing. Um, second quarter 2016. So, you know. Uh, $200 non-refundable deposit. So if you don't know who Kylo Ren is and you don't feel good enough to uh, <laughs> go out at this point, you, you might miss out. But, um... Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really got all nice. The, so. Yeah, it's got all the weathering and stuff on it. It's got dents and scratches and, uh, you know, the, if this is what the prop actually looks like, it, it looks quite a bit different than what I, I thought it would look like. Because um, it looks like he's been in some some tough scrapes along the way. Yeah. Like this thing's been pieced together a couple of times. And the scheme of things, that's actually not a bad price. Like some of the high end Star Wars helmets go for, you know, a thousand bucks. So Yeah. And and you can see the the Vader kind of design in it as well. Mm. It doesn't go down as far in the back as Vader's does, so uh you can kinda see why he might be wearing a hood most of the time. Yep. It, it's got the flare out, but that dent on the left side of it, though, that where the, the seam is. Oh, wow. That must have been something really bad. Mm. Um, <laughs> but this will set you back um, $700. So Goodness that $200 deposit's only about, you know, a quarter of it. That's mm. a lot of money to lay down for a collectible based on a character in a film that hasn't been released yet. Oh, yeah, yep. it's Darth Maul all over again. Well, I hope not, because if you're popping down seven hundred dollars for a, you know, characters in five minutes of the movie, and yes, anyway. indeed. Neat. I actually saw a thing that where they were doing stormtrooper armor recently, and it was just stacks and stacks of these uh, yep. vacuum form sheets of armor, mm. and, it, it, and you know they were getting ready to build some out. That was kind of cool. Um, so. You guys up for this, Ben? You gonna you gonna order this? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm on the fence. 
Okay. Yeah, I have to wear it when you do the podcast from now. Oh, on. for sure, absolutely. Official podcast helmet. Yep. Actually, at that price, you'd have to wear it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Mrs. Nerd would tell me. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I was just happy to get new shoes this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to something really cool because uh, we had seen the Lego Ghostbusters firehouse uh Outside set, we knew it was coming. Um, they showed the details for the inside set, inside of the set this week. And I have to say, I am constantly amazed by the engineering that goes into these things. Hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, this is way, way, way more than what I would have expected. <laughs> I mean, you got the lockers, the containment unit, Janine's little desk, laboratory stairs. Um, I, yeah. It's just, I was actually just blown insane. away that it was it was three full stories. Yeah, yeah. You know, the doors open. It looks like there's room in there, probably for the the Ecto one. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's closed up. If you could get, I would imagine even then you can get it because, yeah, I don't know. Very uh, nice. Yeah, I, they they really did their homework on this. Um, it's got a fire pole. You can slide people down. Uh, you know, Egon's little chamber and stuff where he's talking to, um, oh, what was the, the key master? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so. and for that price, it'd, uh, it'd want to be pretty darn impressive. So yeah, yeah. I love there's the Slimer. A, there's even a little area where they're eating pizza in the kitchen. So yeah, the Slimer's cool. He's, he's like a little translucent piece with, uh, um, there's a couple of ghosts with it that are translucent. So yeah. So hit us with the price. Well, no, I can't do that. Aww. It, it's only half of a Kylo Ren mask. It's three forty nine. Oh my gosh! Man. Now, how many minifigures are with this? Three forty nine US. I mean, that's going to be like five hundred bucks here. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it'd be at least five hundred. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good at their Lego prices here. Woo! Nine minifigures and three ghosts, if you include Slimer as a ghost. Huge. Actually, one of the minifigures is a ghost too. But um, what did the the Simpsons house run though? Uh, well, here in Australia, it was three hundred. So. Yeah, I was thinking it was like two fifty here, two hundred, two fifty. So, um, and I think this is a bigger set. So I don't know that that price is necessarily all that unreasonable. Okay. Yeah. We, we would we would need the Lego um, expert here probably to yeah, yeah. To tell us that yeah. Does it you say, mean the Le- you mean the Lego expert? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I how many pieces? I love thousand six hundred and thirty four pieces. Oh my gosh! Jeez. The Dana minifigure I think is just fabulous. Mm. I don't know. I keep looking at the hair is amazing. I wonder if that's like I love it. I actually like how they did the base on the library ghost. <laughs> mm, yes, because that is cool too. Very clever. So they're all great. So if you if you're like me and a fan of um, Strange Brew, this is one half of uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Um, you know, if you want that minifigure, uh, so that'll, that'll set you back a little bit for that one. <laughs> nice. All right, we'll move on. Um, Tweeterhead, our good friends over there, because you know. Everybody's our good friends. Uh, is coming out with another in their series of monsters statues, and this one, this one's 
a little more normal. This is Marilyn. And <laughs> the only thing that really screams monsters about this is uh, she's holding Spot's collar. And Spot <laughs> is the dragon that lives under the stairs. And she has his collar and it actually has a big tag on it that says Spot. So, you, you, you know, who Spot is. Um, but pretty much that, you know, 1950s, 60s woman in a dress standing there. You know, now, smiling at the camp. I'm sure there is a black and white version of this as well. I would have to think. that Because uh, I know there were the others, and I saw, I believe, on the Tweeterhead um, Facebook page that they, yep, they've got the black and white one up on the Facebook page because they were saying that uh, Pam Priest, the actress, is going to be signing the black and white ones. Ah. Hmm. Uh, so is go. the... Pat Priest, does she sorry. Come, yeah. Does she come with the little... She must. There's a little extra column with a, a bust of mm. Herman. Uh, mm. yeah, it's not very it. specific in saying that it... Oh, yeah, yeah, I think includes, it does. Includes, includes a bust the character sculpted, so she sculpted that bust. So there you go. It's a statue there of a statue that go. she made. It's Toy Inception. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I... I mean, you wouldn't want to start with this one, I don't think. Well, no, this is this is for the you know completists that want the set. Yeah. Right? Or hey, we could get hate mail from Marilyn Munster <laughs> fans up there. So there yeah. you go. I, I can imagine there's a few, but I, I, I these I would want them probably all in black and white because I don't really remember the monsters in color. No. I know there were some, but yeah, no. um, I always yeah. think of the monsters as black and white, so I would want all black and white ones. If it was me, but I'm not even that big of a monsters fan. So it is a beautiful set. Like, you know, when you look at the whole oh, set, oh, beautiful. Yep. And speaking of tweeter head and beautiful, they have turned out a pretty, pretty stunning statue of evil Lynn from masters of the universe. And this is a bust. It's a pretty, must be a pretty small bust. I would think. Um, yeah, they're not big seven inch, but, uh, a very strikingly beautiful woman, I think, you know, evil queen looking lady with yellow skin. <laughs> evil queen looking lady. Yep. Best description ever. <laughs> evil queen looking lady. There's quite a few of these now because they've already done Tila, Shira, Beastman, Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. I assume He-Man, although I can't. Um, no, nobody likes He-Man. Well, I just I'm looking at the list and I can't see the He-Man one, so yeah, I'm, I'm it's sure nice it to is see that. that level of commitment because you know, I mean, for us as collectors, when you yes, you approach something like this, you go, well, you know, I really like this property, and I hope they do more than two before you know they <laughs> close their doors and whatever. So it's you know, nice to should. see them this this far into it. Yeah, they show a picture of her with um, Skeletor and Beastman, and she's so not over the top. Mm. <laughs> you know, compared to those two, I, I, I don't know. It almost looks kind of jarringly out of place to me. I don't yeah. know. Hmm. What do you guys think? I, I think the detail nice. work looks really great. Yeah, yeah. I think they've actually, um, you know, balanced it with um, Skeletor on that quite well. I mean, she was always a bit of a hottie in the TV series. Uh, you know, I say that as a fourteen-year-old know, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, it's at, at eighty at eighty-nine bucks. I, I think you know the Masters fans will be happy. I, I, not for me, but you know, yeah. if you're an evil in fan. I, I, yeah. 
Mm, that's you gotta great. have somebody go next to Tila. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, from one kind of, you know, almost vintagey inspired toy line to one that is truly vintagely inspired, vintagey inspired, um, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's Beware, uh, Amazing Heroes is a successfully funded Kickstarter from Bill Murphy and Fresh Monkey Fiction. We actually chatted to Bill on the show before uh, this Kickstarter finished. And this is a set of um, Secret Wars uh, scale and Buck-inspired figures of some kind of Golden Age characters. So Captain Action, uh, the Golden Age Daredevil, Black Terror, Stardust, Silver Streak, and uh, the Green Turtle. and uh, there's been an update to show the carded versions of those. They look fantastic. And it looks like they are going to be shipping soon. So that's going to be really excited. I backed that and am uh, looking forward to reviewing them on the show. Um, can't wait. Hmm. Excellent. Very yeah. fun. Yeah, they've been sharing on the um, on their Facebook page just some of the progress uh, shots and, you know, some of the kind of issues they've had with, um, obviously communicating with factories overseas about what they want, etc. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's good to see because I think that this is the stuff that everyone that is producing, um, the things that we collect faces. And often we don't actually get that level of transparency. We just get long, unexplained delays. And so it's a good kind of reflection point to think, well, this is, I guess, the kind of thing that, you know, they're dealing with, and I would much rather them do that than uh, yeah. give, give me a crappy thing with poor QC. Mm. Yep. I know um, I know. Boss Fight sent out a, a message earlier this week um, yes. and uh, mentioned that they're heading over to China because they're getting ready to start the production run for yep. their stuff. So hopefully yep. we'll see that here before too long. Um, they had more pictures of the skeleton, the three and three quarters. Yeah, skeleton. yeah. Um, and that looked just amazing. Very exciting. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to get those in hand. Very exciting. Very good. But yeah, these will be cool to see because I think there's a lot of fans of those type properties out there. Yeah, Bring oh, back the pulp heroes, I say. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, DC Collectibles solicited some new uh, statues just uh, yesterday, and a couple that we knew were coming, a couple that we didn't. Um, first of all, the uh, DC Comic Designer Series statue is a new statue line um, from DC Collectibles, and it says number one, and this is Batman by Andy Kubert. And, oh my, it looks really good. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously heavily stylized there with the, you know, sort of over-the-top musculature, but... Um, yeah. Wow, that's quite nice. Yeah, 12 inches... Um, give me these over the DC icon statues any day. Thank mm, you. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it's, it's one of the tricky things, isn't it? That, uh, I think with the DC stuff in particular, um, one of the reasons why I love my Bowen designs collection of Marvel statues so much is because it is a real universe building, um, thing with, yes. uh, that, you know, not with, with generally the truly kind of classic, 
versions of the characters, not stylized, not artist specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, th- there, there's space for that, but then I think there's definitely space for this as well. And, um, uh, uh, this looks beautifully done and not terribly expensive either. Um, 104, well, 105 us. Um, so at 12 inches, so it'll be interesting to see. That's, um, that's not bad. I mean, that's bombshells price. So. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I, I'd love to see more of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see where they go with this. Do you think that, uh, that cape is actually cast or is it, um, a mixed media thing? Cause it's awfully detailed with its drapery and pointy bits and, it almost looks like a fabric. Uh, I don't know. The shot. way he's holding it kind of – yeah, I don't know. When you look at what they've managed to do with um, capes in the Batman black and white line, mm. they can you can definitely accomplish that with sculpting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see. I mean, I, this isn't a purchase for me uh, just because that's not – you know, that kind of particular stylized look isn't a Batman statue I need. But, you know, who knows if I see it in person and love it. Mm. Um, mm. It could be – the thing, because that's the one of the reasons I love that kind of scale for statues is that they, you know, they don't take up mountains of space. Yeah. Um, you can display quite a few together. So, um, and I like the fact that it's out in February 2016, which is only three months ago. That's a a nice contrast to sideshow. You know, when you're ordering something that'll be out in you know, March 2018. Yeah, that, I mean that's something that you know DC Collectibles kind of one of their the changes that they made in their model from DC direct was soliciting things much closer to the release date. So, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a fan of that for sure. Yep. Um, then a, a bust would quite an unusual, um, piece for DC collectibles. Um, a, a Batman dark Knight returns bust. And this is the kind of really traditional idea of the bust, no arms, um, just the V, but with <laughs> the, the bat, symbol that extends over the uh, okay. i don't like did, it did, did they go to a kindergarten and have kids cut out like paper bat symbols <laughs> and awkward, just paste them on the... i don't like it because <laughs> that's what it looks yeah. like yeah very awkward yeah i think the um like the head sculpt awesome here um, fold the paper in half and cut out this bat. <laughs> <laughs> we need 200 of these and we'll get your pizza party <laughs> No, we need five thousand two hundred. <laughs> Stop eating the glue. <laughs> you can even see the fold down the middle. Mm. Oh, it's hilarious! No, I don't like that at all. You, you can't unsee it that way now, can you? No, totally not. That's so dumb. Okay, it's almost red cardable. Gosh, but it's only fifty bucks. So there you go. You know, like that's because well, f- they got child labor. <laughs> Mrs. Smith. Oh, sorry. It's a, sorry. Class. Limited edition of 3,000, so it didn't even get the um, 5,200. There you no, go. that's an absolute collectible now. Absolutely. Um, now, to, on to two things I am really excited about. Um, Carmine Infantino, Batman Black and White, and B- Batman Black and White Robin. Finally, a Robin in the Batman Black and White line. <laughs> it's only taken however many years. First non-villain... Oh, sorry. I... I as far as I'm concerned, the Batman black and white new, new 52 Batgirl statue is not in canon. <laughs> right. um, yeah. uh, so first supporting. I thought, no, I thought, didn't they do um, Nightwing? Nope. I thought he was doing that flying pose where he was diving. 
No, well, it was it was Dick as Batman, not Nightwing. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So they've done Dick Grayson as Bat as uh, as Batman, but not Nightwing. So this is the first kind of you know Robin of any description, and yay with a Batman, you know, Carmine Infantino to go with him. So hopefully, I mean, I don't need I don't need as many Robin black and whites as I do Batman, but um, yeah. <laughs> I would like at least one. So it's exciting. I'm excited anyway. Uh, something I just came across today that I um now this is this is actually going to bring out my limited OCD. Um so the uh this is on to Funko news now, the rest of the news is Funko related. And they are doing a swamp thing uh pop that is a previews exclusive and there is a regular version and a glow in the dark version. Um, but it's under pop heroes, not the DC heroes line that my eldest has been collecting. And so it's got the number 82. I don't know what that really relates to because I don't think there's been 82 DC pops. Might so, be the TV, well, the movie one. Oh, maybe it is. Oh, good grief. I wonder if this is because it's it's an exclusive. Yeah, probably, but still. It's previous exclusive. I, was like, I wonder if there'll be a standard one, maybe. I don't um, know. I, I think if maybe. anything we've seen with Funko Pops is that, um, you know, such and such exclusive is not actually exclusive. Uh, there's plenty of you know, oh, yeah. exclusives that turn up everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, this is a previous one, so I mean, that's going to be pretty regularly you know, widely available. Um, but th- we haven't seen new DC pops for a while, like comic related yeah. ones. Yeah, good point. And, yeah, and so I thought, oh, yeah, it's a new DC one. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, Pop Heroes 82. <laughs> There's no DC logo anyway. No, yeah, kind of weird. Red eyes are kind of cool. It looks good. Yeah, and there, like I said, there's a glow in the dark one as well. Um, so why, yeah. Uh, which, you know, I don't like glow-in-the-dark things, but some people um, do, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, now, Funko has also announced... That's it. You're getting glow-in-the-dark condoms for Christmas. I know, that's so weird. I How did I know that was going to end up there? That's why I kind of got distracted. I was like, you know, I like glow-in-the-dark... Oh, like, yeah, no, let's not talk about those. Um... <clears throat> Oh, heaven help us. How, how do we rescue this? I know. We'll talk about more toys. These, these aren't glow-in-the-dark toys. These are Arkham, whatever, um, Arkham series. They're not, not even Arkham City or Arkham Asylum. They're just Arkham series mystery minis. Um, it's because it crosses all the games, doesn't it? Yeah. See, now this is the thing that I don't really like about this stuff is they've done like one set of normal DC mystery minis. Yeah. And now they're going on to something else. And that for me as a, you know, I want them all and I want every character like this collector yep. just does not work. That's yeah, so making uh, me wait. Yeah. So, but these I, are, I, these are actually quite cool. I've had mystery mini woes since the last time I was on. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. More, more in feeding the addiction. Okay. No worries. So you'll have to stay tuned. Stay tuned. Keep listening. Yeah. So, I mean, these, most of these are pretty, uh, you know, that could pass for comic versions. The Nightwing, Catwoman. Um, hey, look, Optimus Prime. 
Who is that supposed to be? That's Arkham Knight. Oh, well, okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, and the, there's a couple of Batman in the... Oh, yay, yeah, Harley Quinn. <laughs> so, yep. We actually watched the uh, first episode with Harley Quinn on Batman the Animated Series this week. Uh, she plays a very little role in it, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's more just a henchman. Good episode, though. Good episode. Indeed. Series. And then the final bit of news is not an, a toy announcement. It's an industry announcement. Um, fi- Final Sugar, which has got the Dorobs, the Vinyl Vixens, Vinyl Idols, Super Deluxe line, uh, has been linked to Funko. I think, you know, we've been kind of wondering what the relationship was there, but they have now announced that they have acquired Vinyl Sugar. And so I don't know... Um, that the Vinyl Sugar uh, brand is going to continue or whether they're just going to be absorbed into Funko because it does say the Vinyl Sugar website and social channels will be retired soon and Funko will be the source of news. So we'll see whether or not that line, th- that brand continues mm. or whether they just become Funko branded. Mm. I don't know. They, they kind of kept the Super 7 alive, didn't they? Yes. Are they officially part of them? I mean, I would expect they would they would keep the brand, but yeah, yeah. Know. I think it, it kind know. of makes sense to have like you know different little uh, brands within you know, so you have your kind of more stylized um, stuff. Um, I'll be interested to see the vinyl vixens have been uh, to. I wonder how well they're selling because I've seen them around everywhere. Um, hanging around. Um, mm. So I'm interested to see that they've actually put that brand um, in there because I kind of wondered if they'd drop that because it hasn't been any more beyond the original uh, few that they did. Yeah. You know, I actually saw this week um, Shaun of the Dead Dorbs. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I thought to myself, you know, if you got the Shaun and you put little glasses on him, it would be like a little Scott sitting on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> It's scary and frightening. Scary and frightening, for sure. And it was actually my first thought. That is really scary. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's actually, they did a whole bunch of all the different kind of Simon Pegg characters from the Cornetto mm. trilogy. Um, they've got, um, I noticed that too. See, Shaun of the Dead Dorbs I can cope with a lot better than Walking Dead or Supernatural. <laughs> Except for Carol, right? No, I don't know. <laughs> You'd buy Carol. She had a little sweater yeah. on, but still had her knife. You'd buy her. I, I'd mm. buy a um, Carol vinyl idols. But mm. it's not the only vinyl idol. Like, I didn't even buy the Shaun of the Dead vinyl idol. Wow. It's, I, it's actually very cute, though. But I'm just kind of thinking, eh, I don't know where this would go. I'd go on my random stuff at work shelf and <laughs> doesn't really need any more stuff on it. Maybe I'll have to track that down. Put little glasses on him. <laughs> Be like a little me. There you go. And just sigh at him all day. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Does that mean that you would send me less, you know, random sighing messages via social media? No. Oh, okay. No. Well, then there's you no still bit. get the random little Facebook, you know. Yeah. Um, stickers. Okay. <laughs> well, then there's no benefit. I was going to say I'd buy it for you if that was the case, yeah. but if it's not going to stop the Facebook stalking, then. Oh, and I have to say that Adam did a sigh last week that was actually a perfect one. I, I would have swore it was me. So, really? 
Good job, Adam. (laughs) Good job, Adam. All right, well, good job, us. That wraps up the news. And uh, like I said, don't forget that you can go to the actionpickyourblues.com website, click on what will be the most current post um, at the time of listening to this, if you're listening to it uh, when it first comes out. Otherwise, search for the episode 195 post, and there will be links to everything that we just talked about in this section there for you to look at. Uh, but now we're going to take a break and then come back with the next installment of our podcast game, Name That. Well, one of the great things about having John on the show recording with us is that we get to participate in Name That with him as opposed to just listening to him. Over to you, John. Go ahead and start so that we can participate with you. You know, I've been trying to figure out because I've been watching for some reason on Game Show Network Family Feud. (laughs) I've been trying to sandbox how I would pull that off on this show. So maybe more to come (laughs) on that in the future. Uh, Love it. I'm still working on the password thing or the $10,000 pyramid or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Love it. Yeah. It, it test I did didn't work out so well. So I got to rethink how I was going to do it, but I believe in you. It, if anyone can make it happen, it will be you. We'll, we'll make mm-hmm. it work soon. Skype call testing services. will be before <laughs> finished with it. So Love it. anyway, um, last time I was on, you guys heard me read a description, and that description was Join in the custom van craze with blank blank. Evil blank is featured on the black van. The white van has blank blank, blank blank, and other blank superstars vividly painted on the panels. <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. That's a great guess. Thanks. It's Scooby Doo? Um, that's another great guess. <laughs> Because you would think, you know, Bambo and, you know, and, and Scooby-Doo had a van, uh, yeah. but they didn't have a white van. Ben, Ben, no. did you have a guess? Oh, jeez, oh, the only black van toy I can think of is um, is uh, is the A-Team van, the well, only one that comes to mind. Evil Blank wouldn't be painted on the black van, no. the black A-Team no. van. Um, our friend Hellbot got this one from uh, the Star Wars SSP vans. They were vans that had ripcords in them, and oh. you would put the ripcord in and pull it out, and it would, it, it would, uh, you know, take off on its own. A, a black one that had Darth Vader featured on the side that was the evil blank, and then the white van had, you know, basically all the heroes painted on it, on the side with the oh, Star Wars logo. Course. And if you've ever seen the original, um, like the the catalog Star Wars catalog that was out in Kenner with the uh, twelve back stuff. Uh, these are in there. I, I don't think they made it more than about a year or two into the line. Um, kind of neat little things. They also had some model kits around that same time that were uh, were um, Star Wars vans, because I had one of them, and they had a real almost TIE fighter, like, cockpit uh, sun uh, sunroof on them. So those were kind of cool, too. And sometimes they get confused with these. But neat stuff. And Hellbot knew that one, so uh, good for him. Hmm. Oh. Job. Very good. You guys didn't have those when you were young? I 
honestly have no recollection. That doesn't make any connection for me. Yeah, that custom van craze was kind of the hint there. Late mm. 70s. I certainly... I had a series of toys that... Um, I had a smash-up derby races. Oh, yeah, similar idea. The, um, yeah, I used to put the ripcord in them and give it a yank and they go tearing into each other and the doors and everything would spring-loaded would fly off. Now, now, just most toys. If you touch them, their stuff flies off. So, same idea. Yeah, 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 Sounds too violent for my um, my my childhood games. <laughs> Didn't you have? Uh, you must have had a an evil Knievel, Scott. Uh, did oh, look! I want to say yes. I I, I want to say yes. I think I had something evil Knievel related. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty vague. Hmm. I remember you say, uh, I remember setting up getting the, you know, the extra rolls of toilet paper out of the closet in the hallway upstairs in our house, and, <laughs> you know, setting up ramps and stuff for him to jump over for just hours on end. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we will move on to another description here and we will say blank are spaceships you control point noses up and they roar level off the pitch changes. Noses down, they hum. Spots the fire button and watches laser lights flash and emit firing sounds. There's more to it, but I'm going to stop there. Mm. Mm. Oh, tricky. Yeah. Hmm. And there was maybe a hint about this in a previous episode I was on, but not in name that. Hmm. 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 So, Ben, yes. if you think you can get through my subterfuge and knew what that was, where would you go? You would head off to www.afpforum.com, go to the uh, Name That thread, and place your guess. And your guess right. You'd, you'd get a, a coveted forum point. And, Scott? Yes? What could they do with that forum point? Well, um, for this game only, you could exchange them uh, for little hints in the shapes of our heads. You. Yeah. You know, I got thinking about that. People really don't know what we look like. There's probably all sorts of listeners out there that have no idea. No, for sure. Well, this could be a way of finding out. You sculpted. Well, mine, you would just take a regular breath mint and, like, keep it in your mouth until it was, like, round and bald. And, yeah. <laughs> you could put some pocket lint on it for a goatee. And it, stick glasses. Yeah. <laughs> stick glasses on it. You'd be, you'd be right. Yeah. Well, I only wear glasses about half the time, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. You'd be good. Yeah. You'd yeah. be good. Very you know, good. You know, and if, if, if you want to get out there and get an extra forum point, I will give that to the person that will guess which one of us is the tallest. So come on. Oh my goodness. So if they've ever listened to the show. Actually, you know what? I think it could be pretty close between. Mm. Blank and blank. <laughs> yeah. And neither of them are me. Yeah, neither of them. We could go with who's the youngest, but I think that's pretty obvious. It's me. Yes, it is. No, it's obviously I hate vintage, even though I'm saying I don't. Yeah, yeah. That was perfect last week. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, 
And if, you know, all of this guessing is just too hard, you know, go over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays, Thursdays. And one of these days I'll post some new stuff over there. And uh, you can take the guess at the picture version. And you can still guess in the forum. Get points and hints and clues and all sorts of stuff. So, Hand-sculpted breath mints. Yeah, B. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for that, John. Uh, a nice challenge for us to... I wonder if anybody can beat Hellbop to it this week. Um, while you're pondering that, we'll take a short break and we will come back with the first of our three toys of the week. With features like headers, mag wheels, custom grills, and space-age graphics. Yeah! The good guys finish first. Till next time. The Star Wars SSP van set by Kenner comes with everything here. Each van also sold separately. Well, tonight we have three reviews for you, and Ben is the first cab up the rank. So, over to you, Ben. Thank you, sir. Uh, I've got... Quite the surprise the other day in my hunt for uh, Star Wars black figures. Um, while I was looking for the ever-elusive Captain Phasma, I wandered into my nearest Toys R Us and uh, was pleasantly surprised to find the First Order Snowtrooper officer. Um, pretty impressive for a number of reasons. The first is that this figure has actually beaten the regular snow trooper to the shelves because um, the regular one is in wave four um but this is actually a toys r us exclusive uh, and as we've probably mentioned many times on the podcast here in australia um, we don't tend to get the exclusives so um yeah very impressed to see them there um so i i ha- i picked up uh, all of them that they had and and before you send abusive letters um, saying that I was scalping them uh, I immediately distributed those in need so Eddie's got one on the way um, so yeah definitely a nice find so it was a 2015 release this is uh, this fellow's just hitting the shelves now um, obviously Star Wars Black six inch figure um, one of the things you actually notice straight away when you get this guy out of the pack is that he's actually um, well, you know that famous line about um, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? He's actually a bit of a, a little fellow. Uh, he actually comes in at uh, almost exactly 15 centimetres, which is uh, under six inches tall, um, and placing him next to some of the other figures like the regular black stormtrooper, um, yeah, he's actually quite um, short compared to those guys. So, hmm. yeah. But anyway, it um, doesn't sort of, uh, you know, doesn't impact in, in any way and probably just looks good um, around Captain Phasma if you've got one. Um, <laughs> But I'm not uh, bitter. Uh, look, you can pick these up for around the $20 mark, depending, uh, because this is the exclusive. You probably find that people are hocking them online for significantly more. But, um, yeah, have a look around. They're, they're definitely landing now. Uh, in terms of packaging, um, yeah, the, the Star Wars Black packaging from Hasbro has um, has been sort of evolving. If you think back to the earliest figures, um, this is the standard window box packaging. As far as I'm concerned, all six-inch figures should come in uh, window box packaging like this. Um, the original Black Series had the big uh, banner, the big black banner across the top, 
with the logo and that that disc with the kind of um, the etched picture of the character uh, that changed and the banner was removed and sort of moved towards the bottom when the bigger figures came out like Vader and Chewbacca because there wasn't enough um, space in the window to display them. Um, with this sort of series, they've kind of gone back to the original packaging uh, with the black banner across the top with the Star Wars logo. Uh, but what they have done is now included a a diagonal um, a diagonal piece across the bottom right corner, which kind of hides um, part of the figure. It's, it's a really odd thing to do. So that um, disc that used to be up in the top right corner with the, um, the figure's sort of head um, is gone, and uh, it's just the Star Wars logo now, but in that bottom right corner, which we've now got significantly more packaging to do so there's kind of a you know a chest up shot of the figure um you know it's a bit lame in 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 appearance i think um you know i'd rather get a better look at the figure than just have a dull sort of picture yeah. but anyway it, it is what it is um the back's actually not much more exciting in fact probably half of the back of the packaging is taken up with uh all the usual stuff such as um copyrights and who owns it and age appropriateness and, and all that sort of stuff you get a little bit of a bio and then they repeat the picture that's on the front um uh, on the back and yeah it's really kind of um, plain uh probably the most interesting thing to note with this guy is um for those of you out there who are like me uh with ocd this actually doesn't have any numbering on the <laughs> side of the packaging so no it's just a big red stripe with a snow trooper officer um snow trooper officer is interesting because he doesn't mm. even get a rank um he's just an officer um and of what rank we have no idea so anyway, uh, moving on, um, it's collector friendly. The the packaging get him in and out fairly easily if you don't destroy the tray. If you're um, you know sort of uh, gentle with that. Now the sculpt. Um, this is what has put me over the line with collecting the episode seven figures, uh, and that is the designs. Um, I've been seeing sort of more and more stuff come out, and I think you know I thought the stormtroopers were phenomenal, um, but now that I've seen the snowtroopers, I really really like them. What's really nice about the Snowtrooper is it really does feel like a, a nod to Ralph Macquarie. If you look at the original design he did for the Snowtroopers, um, this is really, really quite close to that in terms of the helmet style. So gone is that weird kind of um, uh, material face piece that hangs down and it's actually been replaced by uh, a full helmet which looks quite neat. Um, the skirt is actually still there, so that um, that remains. Um, th this is just a really, really nice update, I think, of the original. I've always been a fan of the Snowtrooper, and um, this this does justice to that um, that original one. Um, the, the skirt is actually rubber, so you've got um, a really nicely sculpted figure underneath. The pauldron, which is um, the piece that denotes him as an officer, uh, is obviously just being taken from other figures. It's just a sort of a, it's rubber, but it's quite, um, quite hard and it's painted orange. Um, you know, bit of a, uh, bit of a lame way to denote an officer, I think. You know, hmm. hey, you're an officer now. Let's put this giant rubber thing over your shoulder so that, you know, everyone can see it rather than, um, a few pips or, or whatever that you would normally get. Um, the, the sculpt is, is really, really nice. I, I really like this. You've got, the, the really smooth helmet and chest piece, the pauldrons as well, all quite slick. And then beneath those armour pieces, uh, including sort of the van braces on the forearms, you've got the actual, um, you know, his actual, uh, I guess, cloth outfit 
on underneath. And so there's some really nice drapery in the way they've done the, the arms and also the legs and stuff like that. So really good contrast between the two of those. Um, you know, the helmet is really nice. It's quite smooth. There's a, a bit of a seam that runs um, from left to right. So, but when you're sort of looking at him from front on, you actually don't see that. Um, backpack looks pretty nifty. It's a nice little update too. It's kind of, I don't know, I guess it's what a futuristic backpack um, would look like. No idea what it would contain. Looks kind of big enough for his lunch. Um, and then, of course, you've got the updated blaster, which is um, quite nifty. And from, you know, what I can see is actually quite um, quite accurate. So it's it's just a really cool-looking figure, I think. But then I've always been a bit of a sucker for, um, you know, the troopers. So, uh, yeah, I think the only thing that looks a, a bit sort of off-putting with this figure are the the little sort of box pouches that you've got um, around his waist because um, there's no sort of highlighting, which I'll get to la later, so they, they look a bit awkward. But um, overall, really, really nice sculpt, really well done. Um, I'll, I'll give some credit to the articulation later on in the way they've sculpted this figure. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, only real sort of dud, I think, is the left hand. The right hand is sculpted specifically to hold the blaster, so you've definitely got that pistol grip type thing with the um, the trigger figure which trigger finger which uh, holds the the blaster really well but the left hand is kind of they, they've chosen to go with a um you know he should be holding something it's um it's not specifically a gun hand but it's definitely more closed than what you'd expect so if you just wanted to sort of pose him relaxing holding the blaster and sort of resting it on his you know the palm of his left hand it looks quite awkward because the hand doesn't quite open up far enough to do that you can there is some flexibility in the fingers that you can sort of pull it open and try and do that but it just looks a bit kind of unnatural and so um a bit more of an open hand would have actually been quite nice for <laughs> that um oh the backpack is also hollow which i thought was really cool so when you actually push it in with a little peg um the the backpack has deliberately been cast or molded to have hollow pieces so what's really good is it actually doesn't add any weight on the back so you're not getting that sort of awkward thing we get with capes pulling figures over so it's it's very very light so i thought that was actually quite a a neat um design choice um moving on um in terms of paint well you know, this should be pretty short because there's uh, next to none. Um, most of the paint is actually on the blaster. It's been cast in black plastic and then highlighted with white. Uh, in terms of apps, you can imagine how bad that works. Um, white over black, it's sort of fairly ordinary and it's 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 actually quite badly applied too. There's an awful lot of slop on the gun. Um, the actual figure himself, really, there are the um, highlights on his helmet uh, on his shoulder uh, pauldrons etc are all tampos so there's no actual paint going on so the only real paint to mention are the little silver nodules on the uh, the i guess the chin or face plate of his helmet and then some of the straps on his boots and um, things like that uh, are done in um, black paint his belt around his waist um, has been cast in the white plastic the flexible white plastic and so in between the pouches and things they've actually painted it black and they've done a pretty shoddy job doing that so there's a little bit of slop um, i've got another one of these and i haven't actually made the comparison to see if i just happened to you know pick the worst one of the bunch um, but it's really not that noticeable because it's just you know it looks quite neat and it's quite subtle as well so yeah look um when you do want a figure like this where you know the the 
figures mostly cast in in white plastic you can uh, get away with sort of paint apps um and what i really really like is the fact that the armor parts such as the helmet the chest piece the, the you know the pauldrons on his shoulders etc uh, are all done in a really shiny um gloss plastic white plastic whereas the um, material parts of his costume such as his pants and the sleeves of his shirt etc are all done in a matte white plastic so the two of them it, it, it really doesn't show up very well in pictures um, but when you're actually holding him you know in your hand they contrast really nicely with each other um, you know the gloss versus the matte and uh, I think that looks quite nice. Now uh, in terms of articulation I think I think I counted about 26 points of articulation. That is, if you include things like the ball-jointed hips as just a single articulation uh, in terms of moving forward and sort of that lateral movement as well. Um, all the usual sorts of things. He does actually have double-jointed knees, which I was quite surprised. Um, really good movement in the ankles. You've got those ankle rockers, which, uh, you know, I mentioned recently should be mandatory on all figures because um, it's the difference between a figure that stands up and one that doesn't. Um, the disappointing thing for me, yes, you only get single-jointed elbows, which is, you know, not a tragedy, but um, instead of having a bicep cut, They've actually put the um, that rotation piece in the elbow as part of the um, the elbow joint. Now that's probably because of the drapery of, of the sleeve. But what it means is you get some fairly ordinary movement when you try to sort of swing the forearm across because you can only go so far before you know it looks really awkward. I think I mentioned this last week about Scorpion. Um, you can start to sort of rotate it a little bit, but eventually it looks really weird because the bicep hasn't moved, but you know the arm has swung out quite widely. Um, nice movement in the wrists. I actually found that um, they actually go quite a good distance in terms of flexing left and right. And obviously, um, as a uh, as a, a disc, they um, they they rotate as well. All right. Biggest disappointment in the articulation has got to be the neck um, because of the officer rubber pauldron. There is probably two percent movement in the head. Um, I really was quite surprised at just how little movement there is. I think if the, um, you, you can see that it's quite thick, the, the rubber pauldron, and so it's actually restricted the movement completely. I did actually consider um, doing a bit of a boil and pop and taking the head off, um, you know, to see sort of um, what kind of distance I get. I think you could actually remove that rubber pauldron and, um, you know, obviously it could just be a regular snow trooper figure. And I think you would actually get quite a decent movement. I think the head would turn left and right, no problems. But as it is now, there's no, barely any movement left and right, and there's there's practically none up and down. So that's what you get for, for having an officer. Um, but uh, I guess the other thing too is, you know, I managed to find a few of these um, here in Australia, but if I don't uh, get the regular snow trooper, then I guess I can always pop off those heads and those pauldrons, and um, hmm. I've got myself a regular one. Um, he does actually have a uh, – it's not quite his waist and it's not quite his chest. It's kind of in between. It's a, it's a sort of a stomach um, joint that um, it must be ball jointed because he can kind of move left and right and then forward and back. But there's, I, I don't know whether it's just a, maybe that joint is just a bit too tight, but there's almost no movement in that as well. So, um, really, in terms of getting a decent pose out of this guy, it's kind of all in the legs because um, those uh, ball jointed hips 
um, you get some decent movement out of it and also the double jointed knees and those ankles will let you do some pretty groovy poses but um Beyond that, I think just the, the very nature of the figure's design um, does not lend itself particularly well to, to articulation points. So they've probably done about the best that they can, um, given the limitations, but still it's a, a little bit disappointing uh, in terms of that posability. Um, in as far as accessories go, um, look, yeah, there's a few bits going on here. You're getting the blaster in the backpack, um, which is obviously a separate piece. They look pretty good in the box. A um, little bit disappointing, I guess, since some of those early figures were really kitted out uh, with some some nifty uh, bits and pieces. But uh, I don't know what else he'd sort of, you know, he could really come with. I'm sure down the track we'll we'll see these probably reissued with some um, some some tripod laser cannon type stuff that we see in the movie. So, um, yeah, that pretty much wraps this guy up. I I really dig this figure. I, I really like looking at it, and I can't wait to sort of see half a dozen on the shelf. Um, that said, though, in terms... Oh, actually, that, I did mention earlier that um, I was going to talk about the shoulder articulation. They have actually managed to sculpt the, um, the shoulder pauldrons. This is not the officer one, but the actual white ones that sit on the shoulder. Um, they're very very tight but you can actually lift that arm up laterally and that pauldron slips under the chest armor so it doesn't actually inhibit the articulation which is actually mm. really really nice it's it's very very close and so you know full credit to to being able to pull off that um particular design um so look i'm i'm a bit disappointed about the head movement it's a real shame that you know this guy is just going to be kind of standing there and ordering the rest of the guys around yeah, yeah, but the original Snowtrooper figures, I mean, you got to think, they didn't move at all. No, well, that's right. No, they didn't. So, But I guess I had slightly higher expectations, um, you know, with these more modern figures. Um, so, that, yeah, look, there's a few bits and pieces. few bits and pieces uh, I'm disappointed. That left hand, I think, could have been a little bit better. Obviously, some of the articulations restricted. So I'll, I'll probably, I don't know, I think I'll finish off by giving this guy maybe... Nine dollies out of ten. Ooh. Yeah, he's a, a, it's a fun-looking figure. I really think I'm going to enjoy army building this guy. Does this mean that stormtroopers aren't left-handed anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm also a sucker for anything hoth, so I think that's what's um, mm. also attracted me. You know, I was always a big fan of the um, the rebel soldiers and the uh, these in the hoth trooper and the, the snow troopers. So, hmm. hey. Well, if you're compelled to army build, then it's good that you're going to enjoy doing this one. Indeed. <laughs> Very good. Thank you for that, Ben. We will take a break and come back to talk about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's Evil Freeza! The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it, each sold separately. Well, we are all here because we collect, and Feeding the Addiction is where we talk about what we've collected since last we spoke. And John, you've been a bit lax in the collecting department, but I can see that you've done your homework this week. Okay, the last time I think I got something, I got a Ned Stark Mystery Mini, maybe? Mm-hmm. Well, that started me down the path of Mystery Mini uh. gathering for Game of Thrones. And um, 
I may have multiple Jon Snows now. So <laughs> if somebody needs a Jon Snow, please contact me. Um, I also have multiple uh, um, Tyrions. So if you need a Tyrion, please contact me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But I did manage to score a ghost, which is kind of cool because I have Jon Snow, obviously. So mm. having ghosts to go with him is pretty cool. So I have both of the the dire wolves in, in the set. Um, but yeah, out of a lot of them, I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I maybe just need to stop this. <laughs> Cause I just keep getting John's now. Oh dear. But, um, Walgreens has been happy cause they actually restocked them somewhere at one of my Walgreens after I bought all of them. They had, huh. and, and Ben, I hope you're sitting down. Uh-oh. Cause Scott already knows what this one is. I pre-ordered an artifact statue. Dun, dun, yeah. Laws. Nope. After Scott's Scott's stunning review of the the superpowers uh, figures, I pre-ordered the Batman. No way. Yeah. It's a true story. He <laughs> confessed it to me already. Good. I, I believe my words were "damn you." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Let me do this. So the fabric of space time has yeah. been the apocalypse yep. is upon us. Ripped out once again. Nice. Yep. So I'll have to say Kodo Bakaya um, when I <laughs> get around to reviewing that. But Shao Joe. But Shao Joe. What about you, Ben? Wait. Oh, sorry. You're not done. Uh, I'm not done. I'm so sorry. Oh, Christ. I know. I um, I was out doing some stuff last weekend running errands. And uh, we have like a little... I don't know if you guys would have these. They're like little stores where people get clothes out stuff. But I mean not like... Not like Dollar General. This is like below Dollar General. This is stuff that's been, you know, past its expiration date or, you know, right on its expiration date or maybe damaged, oversell, mm. you know, non-name brand stuff, that kind of place. Mm. You know, if there's anything over 20 bucks in there, I'd be surprised. <laughs> and it's always random what's in there. You know, they, they must buy just random boxes of crap. Mm. And... I'm walking around just because I wanted to see if they had any new action figures or anything, and they didn't. But um, I see this Bandai box, and it was a um, what's called a GP base for the model kit I'm building. So it's like a special base that looks kind of like a cell phone that, that's actually like a prop in the show. If it can be, you can have a prop in an animated show. Um, but you use it for a base for the figure, and it was like $2, but the box was smashed. So I was like, well, for $2, I'll... I'll take the risk and open it up and everything in the box was was perfect and sealed in a bag still. So um, it was good to go. It's about eight bucks on Amazon right now if you buy a name. So I had been considering getting one. And so I was just walking through this random place and and found it, which is odd because um, it's an import. So I don't even know why they would have that there. Very odd. Well, I think that's the whole kind of theme of the – um, I, I just assume that there is a place where you can just order a store full of random crap, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you just, you know, never, you never know what you're going to get. And sometimes it can be some, you know, a bit of a gem. Yeah. yeah it was completely random that I even stopped in there. So yeah. I was very, very glad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ben, what about you? Yes. Other than the snow trooper, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, but I did get four snowtroopers, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I got the uh, Batwoman bombshells I'm going to review statue. 
I got the Batman the Animated Series Harley Quinn 6-inch, the DC Collectibles <laughs> version, um, which I have not had a chance to open yet. Um, the you other a th- Harley Quinn? Wow. What do you mean? Oh, nothing. You're normally okay. not a fan. No, I'm look. I'm kidding I, with you. I'm yeah, I'm not. You. Yeah, but I wouldn't not, not buy it. Like, I, you know, um, certainly in that series. But I did actually skip the um, Roxy Rocket with with Rocket set. Um, that I felt like in terms of, uh, the entertainment budget for this month could not be justified. Um, <laughs> how, so, how, how big is that rocket? Uh, yeah, it's a decent size. I mean, it's, you know, nowhere near as big as the Batmobile, obviously. Um, but mm. yeah, it's a decent size, but I, and not, not a terrible price either. Like it's only 60, um, bucks Australian. Um, but I just was like, oh, yeah, no. Um, so never know. I mean, I might pick it up someday if I see it on sale or whatever, but it was, didn't kind of really mean much to me. So I left it and I've now seen the Catwoman bombshells statue in person. And it's a definite pass for me. Mm. Like really mm. nicely done, but it's, it's just, it's, it's just a, a secretary looking sexy chick on a chair. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and your problem is? <laughs> Sold. If I didn't know that that was supposed to be Catwoman, I would never look at it and go, oh, it's Catwoman. Like, it's Kyle, take a memo. <laughs> she needs a nameplate. Well, she's got a nameplate. Yeah, but like without the nameplate, if I didn't know it was supposed to be Catwoman, I would never look at it. And I don't know. I think it's just kind of a bit too one step too removed from um what civilian I like cat a, woman. Sorry? It's civilian cat civilian woman. Civilian cat woman, yeah. Like I said before, I feel like she's a popular enough character that they'll come around and do another version of her eventually and I'll wait for that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well unless anyone has anything else to report, we'll come back with our second toy of the week. Colonel Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and the new Bionic Transport and Repair Station. The rocket's crashing! We'll put him in the Bionic Repair Station. We can rebuild him. We'll replace the modules in the Bionic Arm. No injury here. We'll have to check his eye. Bionic Eye, A-OK. $6 million man, ready for action. New Bionic Transport and Repair Station sold separately. The $6 million man, new from Kenner. Now, I think we have to start this uh, next review with a little disclaimer. Eddie, turn away, <laughs> because John is going to review something vintage. So just skip to the next bit, okay? Um, John, over to you. Well, you know, when we were doing our um, Joker retrospective there a couple weeks ago, it kind of the whole pocket hero, comic hero thing came up from Ego, and... Um, I had looked at one of these on the site a while back because I actually still have one from my youth, which was ever so long ago. Um, and tonight <laughs> I'm going to look at the Batman Mego Pocket Action Hero or Pocket Hero. Um, obviously, it's Batman. This is um, originally came out in 78. So there's no body armor. There's no, you know, black. This is gray and blue Batman. Uh, it's Mego which doesn't exist anymore. That's one of those older, older uh, type companies for you guys, vintage companies. And originally this figure cost a dollar 66. So <laughs> it's a three and three quarter figure and it cost a dollar 66. Huh. 
that gives you any idea. Um, came blister carded. All of these were blister carded. They came also with um, some playsets and stuff too, and a Batmobile. Uh, so they they could have been boxed, but um, the main the main one was was blister carded. Uh, styling of that card, it kind of varied depending on which blister card you got. And obviously, as a blister card, you rip it open, and that packaging is long gone for me. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, there was actually uh, with with Pocket Heroes. Um, there, there was an earlier line called Comic Action Heroes, and the Comic Action Heroes are the ones that have the bent knees, so they look real squat. And then when they ran that line from like 76 to 78, and then around 78, they, they switched the line to Pocket Heroes, but they, they went to a straight leg. And the original three or four figures, um, I think it was Batman, Superman, maybe a Spider-Man and a Wonder Woman, Hulk, something like that, um, when they did that... They actually kept the the torso piece and the arms and the the crotch piece um, the same from the previous comic action heroes. The only thing they really changed were the legs. So that's why when you look at this guy, the legs kind of look different. Um, his upper torso is very muscular. His arms are very muscular. Um, chest, you know, he, he's he's pretty well filled out. Um, that kind of went with that short, squatty, you know, crouched position. Um, with the other ones, but then they added on these legs and, uh, they're, they're kind of more slender, I think, than, than the rest of the figure. So these, these figures tend to look like that, um, kind of, kind of stretched and elongated, kind of disproportionate, um, with the legs. Uh, he has a very, very teal bluish color on his boots, I think, that kind of mismatches with the rest of him, but, um, you know, that's okay. The, the waist, is uh, two pieces. So the, the crotch piece is molded in black and then uh, the belt's actually molded in yellow and it, it just kind of is a separate piece that's in between the, the torso and the crotch piece. Um, he has his bat fins on his gloves. Uh, one hand is just kind of sculpted in like a, a neutral, like open pose. And the other one um, is kind of a closed punchy hand with a hole through the middle. Um, so if you wanted to have him slide down a string, you could do that. Uh, some of these, and I don't have one of these, so I, after doing some research, I'm wondering if mine just didn't come with one. Uh, some of them came with a batarang with a coiled-up rope. Some of them didn't. So it really depended on, you know, kind of which variations you got. Uh, on his chest, there's a, a bat logo sculpted, and it's raised. So you get the circle, or the oval is raised, and then on top of that is a raised bat. Uh Typical for this time would have been to have probably a yellow uh, background with a black, you know, border around the whole thing. But all you see painted here is the bat itself. So he kind of has that gray with just a bat, but the rest of it's all sculpted there. So you could actually fill it in in yellow. Um, that hand with the uh, the right hand with the, the fist with the hole in it is unfortunately um, bent at the elbow. So it can actually look like he's doing some rude things if you have the fist in front of him. Uh, or, you know, maybe maybe he just has to pee really bad. I'm not really 100% sure. Uh, could go either way. Um, <laughs> one of the unusual things about this is, and I, I don't know if this carried over because he was originally a much shorter figure um, when, he had the, when they did the crouched legs. Um, his cape is very short. Um, his cape only comes to about... Um, the bottom of his butt. So 
uh, for Batman, that's obviously a very, very short cape for uh, somebody like Robin. You know, that actually works a little better. But for Batman, it's, it's pretty short. The cape and the head are all one piece. So they're like a rubbery type material. The cape will actually, you can actually fold it out. So if you have him sitting in a Batmobile, the cape can go behind him. Um, although I don't think the styling on that Batmobile will let you do that. But you could you could do that potentially. Hmm. And then um, what essentially happens is you can turn the head. Uh, basically because that's just a rubber piece. It's very, very... Um, loosely put on there. I mean, it's nowhere near what, what a ball joint would be today, but because it's kind of flexible rubber, it can pop on or off fairly easy. So I imagine uh, if you're a vintage guy and you do a lot of looking around, you could probably find a lot of these without heads because I imagine they got lost. Uh, ears, you know, this is a short-eared cowl. Um, they're actually pretty stout, almost look like cat ears. Um, and then on top of that, the the face, you know, the face portion of of Batman was painted in a flesh tone and, and most of that's kind of deteriorated off of mine over the years. Um, Eric's from the website was trying to get me to repaint it. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, nah, I'll just kind of leave him the way he is. Um, I've got enough other Batman figures to, you know, I don't need this one actually out all the time if I don't want it to be. Um, you know, he, he's kind of contemporary for his time, I think, uh, especially for the Mego stuff. I, I, you know, he's obviously not, I don't think you could say that he's a 66 Batman styled. I think he's definitely more comic book styled, like most of the Amigo stuff tended to be. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he's definitely got that that type of styling. Um, kind of cool. Um, kind of a unique little uh, part of my collection. And, and like you said, not, not everybody has seen these. Um, the rubber head thing, that's just kind of unusual. You know, I have never thought about trying that head on, like, say, a G.I. Joe figure. I probably should try that one of these days. <laughs> um, but other, you know, other than that, I mean, he's got arms and legs move, so he's basically got, I called it four and a half points of articulation because the head's really not really a joint. And it's, it, it's somewhat limited by the cape, but not really because the cape can go up and kind of let you turn it. Um, you know, for the time period it was, I mean, you consider it's a dollar sixty six. These came on a variety of cards. Um, I, I think it was probably an easier purchase for parents back then to just say, "Oh, you want a Batman figure? Here it is. You know, a Batman toy. Here's here's that Batman toy." Um, these early Mego figures were more, you know, they were aimed at kids, but I think they really brought across that comic book um, type character pretty well. Uh, you know, they were low price point, just so people would buy them. And uh, they really are those original action figure. Here's a toy, not a collectible that we're going to, you know, nitpick the sculpt and everything on like we would today. So um, overall, when I scored him originally, I gave him a a 78 out of 100 on the site. You know, I'd I'd probably go right in that same range, you know, like seven and a half dollies out of 10. But definitely a unique part of of action figure history. Because, I mean, if you think about it, um, remember I said that the original line started in 76. Well, that means that this actually even predates Star Wars figures somewhat. So, huh. you know, you're not getting, uh, a, they weren't worried about a screen accurate sculpt or anything. They were just, Hey, we're going to make an action figure of Batman. This is what it's going to look like. So, hmm. you know, like apart from the head sculpt, which is obviously very primitive compared to today's standards, you can still almost find figures like that, mm-hmm. you know, at your grocery store or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that far, hmm. far off. And and I think I think the softness and the head sculpt was probably mainly due to the material. Hmm. You know, because the cape, when you actually see the cape from the back, yeah, um, it it actually looks really well done. To be Absolutely. honest, it's got some fairly some fairly nice folds in it, and it's got the little points and everything. So, hmm. um, you know, it. Uh, I think it's just probably like I said, the softness in the material is is, is definitely there. So, and you know, this when I when I was talking about the the superpowers Batman statue, you know, it's in these same kind of colors, and and, and I think that's part of what. You know, like I said, this this is my Batman, and uh, how I remember him. You know, more than mm. Detective Batman from that era. So um, that that, that kind of reminded me of this, and that's kind of the reason. So twofold, it was the Joker thing, and then and then that statue kind of kind of made me think I'd want to take another look at this. So and share with you guys. Nice, very good. Maybe well, Eddie was listening and got educated. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> look, I mean, as you said, this is. Um, I think something that's worth uh, a worthwhile review, not just about the piece, but about a little kind of chunk of history in terms of the origins of some of the early superhero um, toys. So educational for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, you know i I think I had I think I had the Batmobile, which means I should have had a Robin, and I kind of remember Robin, but. It's just very, very on the edge of my memory kind of thing. I know I had a Batmobile, but I don't know if it was this one or just some kind of cheap plastic, you know, Batmobile. Um, mm. So I'm not sure, you know, like a rack toy Batmobile. Huh. Well, there you go. Thank you very much for that, John. It's uh, always great to have uh, reviews of things uh, from the past, not just the new releases. And uh, we will take a short break and come back to award a red card to someone or something in the Troy universe. What is this bizarro world? Red carded uh, started off as something we thought we'd do occasionally just to, you know, say something sucked or didn't work well, etc. And we don't do it every week because we want to kind of keep them for things that are really worth it, but it's that time where we um, complain or poke fun or say, what the heck? Um, and uh, tonight's, I feel like, could be um, a new pinnacle uh, of red-cardedness. Uh, ben spotted this, and so um, I will hand the explaining duties over to him. Yeah, hey, uh, this is one of those awkward ones. Um if you're into 1-6 scale action figures, you will have no doubt heard of Fison. Uh, that's Fison with a P-H-I-C-E-N. Fison makes some pretty darn amazing bucks um, that you can use for your kit bashing of 1-6 scale figures. Um, they also have a pretty uh, amazing range of um, sort of original figures where they, they take a bit of license with uh, existing characters and, and um, you know, give them very, very similar names to existing copyrighted characters. But anyway, moving on, they have uh, mastered the seamless body. We've seen a lot of the Fison female um, bucks come out, and um, it's pretty amazing because um, they do them in some fantastic variations. They do different um, shades of skin colour. Uh, they do different 
um, hair so that uh, you can choose, you know, black hair to go with the Asian skin tone, etc. Um, but they also do um, different bust sizes as well. So if you are, um, you know, kit bashing a Lara Croft, you can choose uh, how, how well endowed she is. Um, the one thing they haven't done is the seamless male body, um, but that has been rectified and Fison are releasing a super flexible um, seamless male body. And if you do a search on um, Fison male seamless body, there's some pretty darn good uh, shots there of this, um, you know, this, yeah, this well-muscled, figure that they've um done they've sort of mimicked a few famous poses which look pretty darn groovy and um it's a really nice looking figure and i think this seamless thing is is a stunning um accomplishment um but this new figure in the promo shots that you see of it there's something that you um you don't see in the promo shots that <laughs> well we haven't confirmed a hundred percent um but there's some extras that come in the package that um <laughs> package pardon the pun um that yeah aren't mentioned and now uh, well, some of those things are swap out hands so it comes with a set of fists um and also comes with a set of relaxed relaxed hands um he's also anatomically correct uh now Fison have done anatomically correct female figures um but they're very understated um you know nothing's exaggerated um uh, there are actually one six scale uh, male bucks that are anatomically correct but they're again also very subtle uh not so much this one in fact i'll get straight to the point shall i um he comes with three different appendages uh, oh and I assume they're magnetic or something, and they <laughs> just clip on because uh, aren't um, yours? Yeah, yeah. So he has three different appendages in uh, different states of uh, excitement, um, and. You know, look, if he came with one in a relaxed pose, I could just go, okay, well, that makes him about as anatomically correct as you can get. But I'm just wondering who, did, who, who. Did he say relaxed pose? A re- relaxed pose. Um, <laughs> I, I just, who in there, who out there is kit bashing figures and needs the, the, the other dongs? I don't know. I, I just, I can't think of anything else to say. I'm, I'm a bit. Yeah, well, perplexed. I think, I think you know, one is if maybe if uh, hmm, if he's had a bris or not, maybe. <laughs> is that the difference between the other two? I I don't know. Oh, I I thought that they were uh, all. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe people are out there doing twisted mego theater like Toy Fair used to do. Only it's um, on a porn set or something. I don't. I don't know, but. Well, mm. That's not even the most disturbing part about that. I mean, the hair <laughs> is part of that whole piece that clips on, and that's just... Yes. Well, actually, it's the hair in all of the bits that clip on. But um, oh, for boy. a figure that is so anatomically correct, the skin tone is a bit unnatural. He's, he's awfully pale. You know when we were talking about dropping things when you open them on the floor? Yes. And not finding them till later? <laughs> Yes. Dear cleaning lady, that's disturbing. Before I you empty the vacuum this week, 
Could you I lost my look? penis earlier. <laughs> please keep an eye out. It's the erect one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, look. Have a cocktail party and people are uh, <laughs> Oh, I dropped something. My, um, I have this memory of like, quite young and I was buying my sister a Christmas present um, that you know, it would have been some sort of Ken or Barbie or I don't, whatever. And my dad was like, oh, th- these dolls aren't an- anatomically correct, are they? And I was like, I don't even know what that meant. I'm like, <laughs> what? My mom was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then, like, you know, you kind of, you know, things that only click in, like, memories that click together a long time after, and you're like, oh, how weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> but there you go. I should show him this. I don't think I will. I I don't think anybody really wants to see that. No. I mean, imagine putting a Spider-Man costume over that. No. Oh my gosh. The the only person that I could see that would be really kind of like I know what I would do with that is Adam. Well, <laughs> I'd be actually, you know what? I would be really interested in his opinion on that because I feel like I'm I don't even know if if Adam would be into that. It's it's I don't really think he'd weird. Be into that, I, I think. <laughs> I think we should uh, move this along before we um we 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 degrade into a completely different category on iTunes. Yeah, true, true. That's right. There's explicit, so. and then there's um yeah. So look, uh, Fison, you've normally got um, your finger on the pulse, and you do some pretty amazing stuff. But uh, for this one, uh, you're getting our red card of the week. I've now got questions on their female figures. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. The end. Right. So <laughs> goodbye, red card. And uh, in a moment, we'll um, go and take a cold shower and come back with our final toy of the week. Morphine Power Rangers. This is Zordon. It's morphine time. Evil space aliens are approaching your location. Combine your weapons. It's your only hope. Karate action, Power Rangers. Use your hand-to-hand fighting abilities. Block, chop, and kick. Protect the Earth from evil space aliens. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from Bandai. Grab the power. Well, now it's time for our final Toy of the Week. And I know you guys are sad, but this will probably be a good one because Mr. Scotty has reviewed a bunch of these before, and they are always fascinating to me, and he always does a great job reviewing these. So, Scott, take it away. Thank you very much. So I am reviewing the latest release in the DC Collectibles bombshell statue line, and this is Batwoman. Now, if you are not familiar with this line, um, this is a series of statues of some of the female uh, DC characters that are based on designs by pin-up artist Aunt Lucia, and uh, the majority of them, including the one I'm reviewing tonight, have been sculpted by Tim Miller, who is a friend of the show. Um, the original uh, set of bombshells, um, Wonder Woman, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, um, and uh, Batgirl, um, were out as designs um, quite some time ago. And then... Uh, I think it might have been either last year or even the year before now, there was a set of variant covers um, done by Aunt Lucia, Aunt Lucia of some of the other 
um, DC female characters in this bombshell style. And they were so popular that it really pushed ahead the continuation of the statue line. And so some of the ones that uh, we're currently seeing are statues that were based on some of those variant covers. And one of them is um, Batwoman that I'm reviewing tonight. Um, so uh, this is uh, Bat... The whole idea of the bombshells is that the characters are uh, re-envisioned in some sort of um, uh, pin-up style, uh, but character-specific um, format from your kind of you know, 40s, 50s, uh, pinup girl, and some closer than others to representations of the character. I was talking in Feeding the Addiction about the issues that I had with the choice of the Catwoman design, um, but the, the Batwoman design I just love. This is um, the uh, Kate Kane Batwoman um, in a, uh, like, softball um, team outfit with uh, Gotham Knights on the back, um, kind of very, very instantly recognizable as the character, but also really uh, appropriate for the um, the concept. So this is the standard DC Collectibles bombshell packaging, um, the four color. Uh, box, white, mostly white background with uh, pictures of the statue and also then the original source art from Aunt Lucia. And then inside we have the standard kind of styrofoam packaging. One of the consistent links of these statues is that they all have the same styled base, which is like a, a grate or a manhole cover um, with then a character... Uh, name tag on the front and this is the one exception that I'll make to the I don't need to know who this character is um, rule that Ben and I normally have uh, because I think it does actually help just kind of you know make a, a link and also it does have the Aunt Lucia original art on it as well so we'll let it slide. One of the issues that occurred early in these uh, with these statues was that there were a lot of breakages with the name plates. They were joined to the base, um, not a separate piece. And so the last few now have come with the name tag as a separate piece that actually clicks in with a little magnet there to hold it into place. Um, I think I've mentioned before that what I would have loved to have seen was um, the name tag as a separate piece with an option of whether or not you wanted to display it, but without it, like it's right at the front and there is actually a big gap that would be quite noticeable if you didn't include it. So it really is a must, but that is okay. I was uh, quite worried when I picked this up from All-Star Comics in Melbourne. I stopped pre-ordering DC Collectibles stuff quite some time ago because there was quite a run of quality control issues and because I do have the benefit of traveling a lot for work, I do get to visit quite a few different comic shops regularly. And so I've had very good luck with being able to keep an eye out for the things that I'm interested in and choose one when I know in person that it has got good quality. I'd heard, I think first from Ben actually, um, via Facebook groups and then from a couple of other people as well, that there were quite a few quality control paint issues 
with this piece. And so that made me a bit nervous. Uh, one good thing I do like about buying stuff from All Star is that they always check beforehand. And so I had communicated with them and they'd said, look, yep, definitely. Um, we can see that there are issues. We're not game to try and return them because we understand it's a line wide problem. So you're probably not going to get anything better, but we have set aside the one that looks the best for you. Um, so thank you all star guys. And, uh, ha- having said that, um, definitely this has got just Gertie and friends written all over it. It's a, it is a real, real shame. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but I'll start with the sculpt. Tim Miller is a, a, a really gifted sculptor, and he does a brilliant job with uh, these pieces. I think it's probably hard enough to come up with a design for a sculpture, but to take something that has been developed as a 2D drawing and particularly a very stylized one like the bombshells are, and then have to reconceptualize that as a 3D sculpt. I cannot appreciate how difficult that must be. You've got angles and nuances and all kinds of things that you need to be able to capture. And uh, he really has done a fantastic job. Um, there's always going to be slight subtleties in differences of angles, etc., uh, from what works in a drawing to what works in a sculpt. And, but the, the angles of this are, they, they work really well. The way that she's posed is that she's got the bat, uh, behind her neck, so holding it over her shoulders. And then she's looking to the left over the bat. So the front of the statue is kind of her slightly with her back to us, but more kind of then turning to the left. So we get the side angle, but you can still see her face quite clearly. And in terms of the design and the sculpt, there is an incredible amount of detail here. Sculpting-wise, it's all been beautifully executed. She has got uh, the uh, cap, like a baseball cap, with then the bat, uh, what are they called? Ears? Pro- I was calling them the bat prongs. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, on them, um, she's got a, a mask on, but then eyes are not painted over. You can actually see the eyes, which presents a, a painting challenge. Um, her hair blowing in the wind. Her skirt also has got a bit of a lift in it from the wind. Quite a bit of detail there, and it's all been really, really nicely done. Some really nice drapery in her top because she is twisting and you can actually see that uh in represented in the way that her clothing is sculpted the different elements of the costume she's got the bat symbol on her cap and then also on her uh chest and both of those are not just painted they are sculpted also the Collar on her top is sculpted. The hems of her sleeves are also sculpted. And then she has a belt as well. So all of the different details are sculpted there. And uh, it, it really is exceptional. And uh, then we get to the paint. So there's clearly been issues here. And I've seen photos online of some really atrocious pieces. And I have to say, I'm very fortunate. Like this is certainly by standards of if I wasn't aware that there were issues, I'd be looking at this and I can can pick out a a number of things that I will talk about. 
But um, I think this is just one of the real challenges of producing pieces like this where the uh, budgeting and cost means that you really have to take it overseas to get it done, and then you lose some degree of control over the quality control process. And I do wonder where that line is for companies when they see, like obviously when you, I would assume, when they get them back from the factory that they are checked and that there would be a quality control process that would say, right, no, these are no good. Uh, I wonder where the point is where you have to stop and go, right, we can't, you know, we can't put these out as is because of the issues. Mm. Cause I feel like this particular piece um, from the issues that seem to have happened across the line that I would question whether or not these should have gone out in the state that they appear to have been in. Uh, one of the issues I've seen repeated in quite a few uh, statues is um, her left hand, which is holding the, the bat, uh, the way that that hand's been attached to the wrist is quite tenuous. And if you look closely, and I've actually got a close-up photo on our Facebook, in the album on our Facebook page of one photo that kind of captures all the main issues with my particular statue. Um, first of all, just the, the attachment. And I don't know whether this might be a design issue in terms of not the sculpt, but then how you break it, break it up. Um, the, the attachment between the wrist and the hand looks like I would hate to knock it. Um, you know, definitely don't want to kind of fiddle with it, but it, it's, it's quite an obvious join that doesn't look like it's been really successfully done. Um, but then unfortunately there are just quite a number of really bad paint apps on this piece. There's some freehand stuff that obviously had to be done here, um, with the bat insignias and that's not terrible, but certainly I feel like, um, it's on the on the sloppy side, but then there are multiple just marks on this. There are a number of gray marks on um, the over the flesh paint um, that I've actually got a small chip out of the. Uh, it's either a chip or a white fleck in the back of her hair, and the fact that this was the best piece of all the ones that my comic mm-hmm. shop received, and they actually had quite a few. Um, I think really says something about the issues there. And I know, Ben, you mentioned seeing um, some bad ones on social media as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And was it with that, that hand and wrist area that you saw? Or? Almost exactly the same thing. It's the, the way the hand is attached. The, the one I saw had such a gap between the, the glove and her wrist that I actually assumed it was a separate piece and it just wasn't fitting properly. Hmm. Uh, that was my assumption. I also saw the the really, the really bad freehand, but it was also um the slop where the colours meet too, like on yeah. the, the glove that's holding the bat. Yeah. It is a like I don't feel in terms of the scale the, the type of paint apps required for this piece, like it should have been a particularly challenging one. Um mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with in just like three colours really and so it's got to come down to just the quality control um, process in terms of how it's been assembled and then, you know, the, the, the paint and the, the cleanliness of the paint process, I think, um, which is, it, it is really disappointing. Um, so I think 
you know, in, in context, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with mine because I know that it really has, uh, no major issues compared to ones that I've seen. Certainly when you pop it on display with the others, it looks great and you've actually got to really look for the problems. Um, but I do think that, um, it's disappointing to just hear, uh, you know, people having issues with them right across the board. Um, I've got some, some really bad paint on the other, the other hand that links to the, um, the grip of the baseball between the red paint and then what's meant to be the black of the grip, uh, has been really badly applied. Um, but thankfully it's the, the messy bit is actually at the back. So it's not going to be visible when it's displayed. Um, in terms of some of the other detail pieces, the, uh, back of her outfit, her uniform with the Gotham Knights 52, I assume was a, um, what's the word? Tampo transfer. Yeah. Tra- a transfer, not, not a sticker, but, um, and yeah, that's been really nicely done. And then also she's got the Batwoman on her, on her bat. And I'm not sure that looks like it's been sculpted and let in, and then maybe a wash run over it, but that looks beautiful. So, and that, that all really holds up. And like I said, I've, I had to really sit and pour over this to find the issues, but then when you kind of get them up close, it's definitely more than I would consider to be, you know, and if, if this, if the piece like this is passing QC, that mm. t- means we've got issues, right? Yep. Um, so definitely, uh, as you know, when you're being picky, um, a lot of disappointment here. Um, I love, I still love the piece. I think it's a great addition to, um, this line. I think the concept was just inspired. Um, it must be very frustrating to be the sculptor and then see mm. this happen. You know, like I, I, I'd be interested actually to try and reach out to Tim Miller and get his feelings on it. I don't know if he could comment on it or not, but, um, yeah, I'm going to have to, I, I'm actually going to, like Dolly reading wise, I'm going to go six on this. Um, and that's not, not sculpt, you know, nothing, there's nothing in the sculpt or execution of the concept, etc. That's knocked it down. It's just, you know, this is more than just a point off for bad paint. It's like, look, this is not, um, not the level of quality that I think that you, you would be expecting to receive at this price point. Mm. You know, the, the lips and the eyes almost don't look glossy enough to me. Yeah, that's the least of our problems. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're totally right. I mean, I, I'm with you. The the eyes, um, you know, are – I'm just glad that they're actually not googly um, <laughs> in, in terms of – because that's – Well, there is that, yeah. Yeah, you know, let, you know so um, – but it's sad when you have to think like that. Right. But I'm just thinking the main thing, that's the kind of stuff that for me as a kind of visual people, person, et cetera, uh, you know, I'd, I'll take little, you know, paint smudges on the wrist over googly eyes, um, which I have hmm. seen. And I think what's really appalling for me is just the procedures that hmm. they've taken to paint a high end collectible like this. So, for example, that right hand that's holding the handle of the baseball bat. Um, they've obviously painted, you know, the main sort of shaft and grip there um, black, but then they've painted the glove black as part of that, but then gone back over the glove with red. So they're painting red over black. Instead of carefully painting the grip black and then carefully painting the hand red, 
you know, it's it's a bit of a dodgy way to, to do it. I, um, I also think this piece is going to be hard to come by in the future because I can see an awful lot of retailers um, demanding their money back, saying that, you know, I can't put this out on the shelf. People are just not going to buy it. Okay, well, we'll give you your money back, but you have to destroy it. Yeah. And, you know, thus reducing the addition size by 50%. Mm. This is the first sketch I've ever had where I've seen enough things to think that someday I might actually have a go at fixing it up. Mm. You know, like Mm. that. I mean, and it's meant the only thing that really bugs me is that kind of chip or white, you know, paint blotch on the back of her head, like her hair. Again, thankfully, all the main issues with mine are at the side that's going to be facing the back. And yep. from the front on, she looks great. So, I, yeah. I do have a question on that. Yeah. How, how do you feel she'll fit in looking over her shoulder where you see her back instead of her front compared to most of the other ones? Uh, look, I don't mind it. I, like, I think okay. it's, I, I'm actually probably more, you know, I think that it's just so cleverly done. And because, like, mine, my bombshells are in uh, IKEA Detolf. So it's, you've got quite a bit of visibility around them because it's all glass. Um, so I'm pretty confident that I can find um, a good spot for her where it's going to be, you know, it's going to work quite well. I'm probably more inclined though to, to me, the the front of it is not quite where the um, name badge faces. Mm. It's a little bit, I'm going to be turning the, it a little bit to the left um, so that name badge isn't quite facing the front, just to see a little bit more of her face. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what What is painted on the end of the bat? It is meant to be a little bat symbol, but that has been really badly done. It just kind of looks like a kind of look, funky smiley it, face or something. It looks so, like a pair of underwear to me. Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, that is so small that I think that's something that probably could have been – uh, a stick on thing and work better yeah, yeah. Um, because that's just going to be really hard to do by hand. And I do think as well, like the, you know, and to be fair, look, I don't understand enough about how this process works, but I know that from the, uh, from the sculpt, there's then a process where you work out what the parts are in terms of how they're cast and assembled. And perhaps um, the assembly of the bat, and hands needed to be done differently to make it easier to, you know, get the paint right. I don't know. Um, because I can see, you know, how that would be hard, but it, it is a, and, and I understand in the production process that, you know, they, they, they send their, their sample, the factory sends proofs back, they get feedback on that. And then at some point they have to pull the trigger and say, okay, yes, we're happy with that. You produce it. And then, you know, you're really reliant on that, uh, what you've approved and indicated to be done. So you think about the, you know, some of the Funko, um, Magic the Gathering, you know, stuff that just yeah, looks yeah. so drastically different from, um, what was originally solicited. And like, I kind of see the same thing happening there where, well, you get them all back and they're not okay or not what you, asked for and you have to then decide well can we afford to junk them all and start again or um but this is really unusual for dc collectibles i mean you know i've still been picking up the odd sort of cover girl statue and things like that and they've all been fantastic 
So for for DC collectibles to really have a major slip like this, something's obviously gone terribly wrong, and I'm really surprised they actually let it out as is. Uh, that that's my thought. Look, I mean, there have been actually um, some consistent QC issues with some of the DC collectible stuff, but it has been like a consistent thing, like eyes or something. Not this. This is really mm-hmm. like you know from a. a someone who spends time looking at stuff in detail to review, the more I look at this, the more I'm really shocked by how poorly this has been done. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not, you know, I, it's not actually going to affect my enjoyment of this piece. I'll quite happily put this in my display and probably never worry about it again. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not end of the world stuff, but mm. you know, when you think, I mean, actually there's a couple other things I haven't even mentioned things like, the, on the edging of her um, skirt, so the outside is black and the inside is red, but then there are some, there's like almost some little tiny white uh, bits in between on the edging that make it look like either the skirt is chipped or it's just it's not good, mm. not good. I, I do think her face though in her attitude and just the way she looks, it does look like Batgirl. Oh. I mean, there's no disputing that fact. Yeah. Oh, it's look, it, I love the concept and that's what gets this over the line for me. Um, is that it's just so, um, beautifully thought out and the sculpt has just captured that. And so, you know, it's still, it's great, but yeah, I can't, I can't, um, it's not going to win any awards for me. As a in terms of quality, that's for sure. Sean. Indeed. Well, hopefully, you know they reflect and learn. You know, like I said, I think that I think back to uh, uh, a Bowen Designs, um, you know, bust. It was Avalanche. I'm pretty sure back in the day where they got it, and a few got out because a few went like directly to retailers. Yeah. And and then they said, right, we're recalling these, we're junking them, we're starting again, and we're just going to wear it because this is no good, yeah. and we're going to go to a different factory. And, you know, to me, that is integrity. That's, yeah. um, you know, something that then makes you feel really confident that, you know, I can you – know, and, and, and to me, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, there's a question mark here over whether or not that needed to happen with these. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to wonder how far into the distribution stream they were before, you know. Well, I guess, you know, what, what, yeah. And I suppose it's partly about what the quality control process is because, you know, if they, like Bowen, I know in terms of the way that they worked is that they would receive them and then they, they hand packed and checked every piece I bet these are packed at the factory. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Anyway, um, it's a shame. Well, I think you did a really great job, Scott. And I I think you highlighted the good and the bad, which is, which is what we're here to do. And, um, I think we will move on from there and, and, uh, maybe wrap the show up or maybe we'll keep talking. (laughs) We'll see. Hey kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous plumbers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You wanna know? We'll make some super?
Because they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brain sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army. Those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Brothers action figures from Earth. But don't worry, they're not real. Well, that is our show. We do love hearing from you. If you want to ask us questions, uh, tell us uh, what you're enjoying collecting, etc., then you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can post on our Facebook page, Action Figure Blues. You can tweet at us at AFBlues, and we're on Instagram as Action Figure Blues as well. Um, we've got some great people that have been sharing photos of their collection or photos of their toys on our Facebook page and do keep it up. Um, I can't share all of them to the page, but when see, you know, great ones or funny ones, I do like to put them out there. So do, um, please continue to do that. And, no uh, feist and pictures, please. No feist and pictures will be shared. Feist and pictures, yeah, will be, um, heavily moderated, I think would be the, yeah. Uh, Luke Walsgrove actually posted a great, um, su- custom suggestion on our page. Uh, this is, I don't know what the artwork is from, but it's Aquaman from the Black Lagoon and it's like the creature from the Black, Black Lagoon in Aquaman costume. And then he said, being a top notch customizer, Ben Fish needs to make this for Scotty Bot. <laughs> and I agree. I've actually been debating on making a custom here recently. Of? I've seen some that were taking the Marauder body and making them into Punishers. Oh, my. And I really like that idea of kind of that, you know, armored up, you know, body armor. But, you know, you got a bunch of different little pouches and stuff you could add. So um, because I'm not a fan of the white boots, but this would let me kind of work some of that stuff in. Uh, I don't uh. know. I've seen some really cool customs of them, and I've got an idea on what I want to do. Very good. Except they're out of the black body at the moment, so. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, if we uh, have any listeners in uh, France, certainly any European um, listeners, our thoughts are with you right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, peace and, and um, safety to you. And uh, we look forward to better news in the week to come. Indeed. Okay. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Night. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.
You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 195, for the week of Wednesday, the 18th of November. Oh, there's no year. Do we take the year off? <laughs> uh, no, I think that was unintentional. Just my rhythm. Oh, oh 3015. Wow. Well, <laughs> changed it to 2012. Thank you. Okay. All right. Five. <laughs> I just messed with my... Uh, intro juju. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, John, I'm going to call on you first to feel the addiction since Ben was just talking. I don't want to talk. Too bad. Here we go. In five. I want to be the first pirate. Three. Damn you. 